remember back in elementary school when the dental hygienist came to visit, and uh, she was there to teach you how to brush your teeth. And they used to give you that little blue pill, and, you know, you'd open your mouth, ah, <laughs> the plaque and bacteria. Uh, so they, they tried to help us, and, and I, I tried to take care of my teeth, kind of average about it. You know, I, I would brush, certainly, but not long enough or consistently enough or all that stuff. And so, um, my dental hygienist back then wouldn't be happy with me because I had gingivitis. <sighs> uh, don't worry, it's not, not contagious. Don't worry about that. Okay. In fact, 75% uh, of adult Americans have some type of oral problem. And most of it's due just to dental hygiene, just taking the time uh, to do it. So that was about four years ago when I was told this, and uh, they said, now this is what you're going to need to do uh, if you want to keep your teeth. So uh, they first said, of course, you always have to floss. I don't have a very good flosser now. And I really get up in there and take that plaque down. And then uh, you need to use... a Sensodyne toothpaste uh, for uh, sensitive teeth. I have sensitive teeth, so be, be aware of that. Okay. Um, then I got my fluoride here, uh, and I pump this into a little uh, bottle. And you mix it up, and then you put it in your mouth and rinse it for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, that kind of thing. And then this is my new tool that they recommended I get, and that's do the water pick. Anybody have a water pick? Yeah, my mom had a water pick back in the 70s. So whatever, you know, and, and I get this thing out, and it takes a while to kind of figure out because the water goes here, and this is a jet. And so I'll part it in here, and, and it really becomes difficult because you keep your mouth open or closed. Because if you keep your mouth closed, you're you're like you know a chipmunk, uh, and if you open it up, that's messy too. And uh, I just wasn't used to this thing, so I, sometimes I didn't turn it off when I took it out of my mouth, and there's water going everywhere. You know, water. <laughs> like wow. Well. I did not take care of my teeth, and now I'm paying the price. And uh, back then, in my younger days, when I thought I'd always be healthy and all that kind of stuff, uh, I just heard the word about dental hygiene. I heard it many times, many different formats. I heard it, but I didn't do it. So really, the information was wasted on me, right? That's what we're talking about today as we continue in our series in James, how to be a hearer and doer of the Word. They've got to go together. Let's take a look at uh, James uh, 1.18. Of his own will he brought forth by the word of truth, that he should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. 
Now, what I want you to notice as we study through this is how many times the word is mentioned. We've been brought forth, so we became Christ followers, by the word of truth, God's revelation about Jesus Christ and who we are and how he could save us, that we should be kind of a first fruits, these were the earlier Christians, the first fruits of this whole new kingdom that God uh, was building. Let's look at James 1, 19-20. Know this. So James is, James is good, getting these guys' attention. Know this. Pay attention, my beloved brothers. Uh, he spoke truth to them, but he also communicated that they loved him so much, and that's why he was speaking truth to them. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, a lot of people are familiar with that verse because it's a great verse to talk about uh, being quick to hear, listening to people instead of just letting your mouth go. <laughs> slow to speak, you know, listen and be careful in your response to them. Slow to anger, that's good too, right? Those are all biblical principles. But as you study the text, uh, look here. Go to the next slide. Uh, one more? Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. This is James 1.5. God who gives generously to all without reproach. And that's wisdom, right? That's the word of God. Verse 8, for his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. The next slide. Receive with meekness the implanted word, but be doers of the word, hearers of the word, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty. So, this whole first chapter is dealing with trials and approaching them in a godly way. And, and the Word of God is spread throughout this thing. So you always have to study a passage in its own context. So if we look at it in its context, it really means something quite different. He says, let every person be quick to hear. What should they be quick to hear? The Word, right? Be quick to hear. Be eager to hear. You should be eager every time you get an opportunity to, to listen to the Word of God, read the Word of God, hear it being taught. I mean, this is the book. We've got to be eager. Be quick. Uh, be quick to come to church. Thank you for coming to church today. Uh, that shows that you value the Word of God. And you know you need the Word of God. You know... You need community, and I thank you for being here. I want to encourage you in that. But we should be eager to, to get in small groups. We should be eager to you know, get involved in other ministries. Uh, we should be eager to spend time alone with God. We should be eager to talk to our kids about Jesus. You see, because the more you grow, the more you understand that there is a much different plan for this world world has given us, and that's God's kingdom. So, uh, you want to be slow to speak. You also want to be uh, slow 
to anger. If we can go to 119 and 20. There we go. Uh, a slow to anger. And what does this mean? Slow, uh, or excuse me, let's take slow to speak. Slow to speak. What does that mean? Well, what that means in the context of this passage is that you are slow to becoming a teacher of the Word. You know, might have a gifted teacher, but if they're a new Christian, the Bible warns against putting that person in a official role of teaching because they just haven't matured enough. And teaching really is a very serious responsibility. In fact, in James 3 it says that people who are teachers are going to be held to a higher level of accountability with God. Because what I say up here is so important in regards to the Scripture, and if I mislead you in any way, if I don't interpret something correctly, I'm not teaching well. So I've got to teach well. So no one should rush to be a teacher. Uh, but again, people are given the gift of teaching, and if God puts them in their teaching position uh, once they're mature enough. The last thing is slow to anger. Slow to anger for what? Slow to anger when you what? Somebody. Slow to anger when you... Read God's Word. Yeah, that's right. Bingo. <laughs> it's, it's a context. That means, you know, when we're, we're studying through a passage and uh, uh, something comes up that we don't agree with because it's sin and we like to sin, you know, we can, we can become angry. And this particular word doesn't speak of an explosive type of anger. It's just a resentment. That, that, that lays at the bottom of your soul. And some of you people, uh, including myself, you know, sometimes you know, have a, a, a low-grade fever of resentment when it comes to God. You know, when your life is not going the way you want it to, and it says, trust in me. What do you mean, trust in you? That's how I got in this position. You know, That's a low-level resentment. Or uh, maybe you're involved in some type of uh, sin, and, and you like that sin, and there's no way you're getting rid of that sin, well, then anytime you come to church or read the Bible or on the cross, anytime that is mentioned, the Holy Spirit's going to you know, prod you, and you're going to become angry again. But it says become slow to anger. You know, when God hits you with a two-by-four, think about it. <laughs> or even when he touches you on the shoulder. You know, be receptive to it and see what God wants to do in your life. Friends, you know, we are building disciples uh, here at Springbrook. That is what God has told us uh, to do. And so, therefore, my conviction all throughout my life is to teach the whole counsel of God. So I'll, I'll hit hot topics, 
I'll speak what the Word has to say about different issues that are very volatile in our society. And, you know, I know I'll get email. I know some people leave in the middle of the service. Uh, some people won't even come to the service. and I haven't even heard the sermon. <laughs> and you know what? I don't care. I really don't care. Now, you know I care about you. But I've got to speak truth. That's my job. Or, you know, I'll get up to heaven and, hey, Dan, why were you sugarcoating the gospel? Huh? Why, why are you leaving the tough stuff out about discipleship and service and, and uh, commitment and giving your life to the Lord? Well, I didn't want to get them mad at me and they'd leave my church. <laughs> that wouldn't be a good answer to God. No. You know, God, this is His church. He's in control. And so I'm going to teach everything that I'm led to teach from it, even if it causes great discomfort. Because that's the nature. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Even if it causes great discomfort, because everyone, including myself, has to hear the hard truth. And we might be rationalizing the sin for years and years, and all of a sudden you hear it again, and uh, it just, it angers them. Well, I, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> and, uh, same thing in my life. You know, I listen to other speakers and read the Bible, and I'm convicted. Uh, friends, when you walk with God, uh, that's the best case scenario. All right, Romans, uh, excuse me, James 2.1. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. All right, this is a command. Therefore, put away. That was a metaphor for taking off your dirty clothes and putting new clothes on. Seen many times in Scripture. But put away. All filthiness. Now, you got to remember back in that day, uh, they were farmers. They were outside all day in the intense sun, working in the dirt. And they came home, and they were covered, covered with filth. And therefore, they, they got out of that outfit and, and put another one on. So, filthiness and rampant wickedness. Rampant means overflowing wickedness. And wickedness means uh, just general evil. Evil thoughts, evil intents, evil heart, evil actions. He says, hey, you got to clean your house out. I made it spring cleaning this past year. Anybody go out of that? Yeah, it's good. It feels good to do that, doesn't it? Well, I tell you what, all of us need to look at our hearts. And if we really want to experience Jesus Christ, if we really want to, to learn from Him, we've got a clean house. <laughs> and a clean house. When a person becomes a Christian, they claim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We've got to be sure we tell them that. Not, 
And you're giving your life over to Christ, and he's going to be in charge. Now, they don't fully understand all of the ramifications of that, but we need to tell them. Many times people say they had a lordship decision later in their life. Uh, I mean, we have all kinds of recommitments, but it's expected from the beginning that you are going to follow Jesus Christ. And, of course, the Holy Spirit slowly reveals it in that new Christian's uh, life. But we've got to get rid of the filthiness and the junk. And some of you have ongoing sins, and you just don't care. You just don't care. You justified it, rationalized it, said that doesn't apply to me. You're in danger. You're in danger. And outside of God's will, you're always in danger. So I would ask you to spend some time today just reflecting upon your life and say, why should I hold on to that sin? Why? God says it's not healthy for me. And uh, let the Lord speak uh, to you. It's interesting, the word filthiness, filthy, uh, is the root word. The root word means earwax, earwax. Uh, I've been hard of hearing for a long time, and uh, I don't know, seven years ago or whatever, maybe ten years ago, I was in an accident and an air, airbag went off. And I had just been to... Uh, the ear doctor, and, and had a you know a scan made and a test of my hearing, and then I went back to them, and it was significantly better. All right, so if I get close, tell me if I get too close to you, okay? <laughs> when I'm listening to you, <laughs> but uh, so you know my hearing was getting worse and worse, and uh, my wife was reminding me of this uh, regularly, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Do I can say that again? <laughs> She's so patient. But I, I went to the ear doctor, and uh, first of all, he said, well, let's clean out your ears. So he tried the first method, which was just, you know, whatever. And he said, oh, you're going to need the deep clean method. <laughs> he stuck that thing in there, and he removed all that wax. And, and I went into the uh, testing place for hearing, and, and – uh, my hearing is actually better than it was before. <laughs> I don't know how that could be, but in some areas, it's, it's better. What was the problem? Well, I had wax in my ears, and the, doc, the doctor said, you know, the best way to do it is come in on a regular basis. You know, you can't remove a lot of that wax. Uh, so I had wax in my ears. And I tell you what happens with Christ followers. I think Christ followers... Uh, for a while, and they kind of fall into a, a lull. The honeymoon is over, and life is tough, and uh, slowly they start to develop sinful habits of not trusting God, and attitudes, and uh, different things that, that, that put wax in their ears. And therefore, there's so much wax in their ears, they can't hear God. They can't hear God. The filth in their ears is keeping them from hearing. And I tell you, I've been in ministry a long time, and I've known a lot of people, and, and some people do not change. They're under a real grumpy person, negative, critical. Well, year after year, they're negative and critical. 
and grumpy. And I feel like going up to him and say, hey, what's the deal? You're still struggling with that sin. Sometimes I have. The point is that, you know, we've got to keep our ears clean. Uh, we need to keep our teeth clean. We need to keep our life clean from sin. Remember what James said about the double-minded man, one foot in the world and one foot in God's kingdom? Was he going to get anything from God? Nada. No way. If you're not dealing with sin in your life, don't be dependent on God for a lot of wisdom and stuff like that because you can't even hear him. Now, again, we're all imperfect. and We all have all sins in our kinds of sin in our life. Uh, just the important thing is that you're you're listening to God and, and you're trying to hear Him. And when a sin does, you know, come to the top of the Holy Spirit, is you deal with that sin, and then there'll be another one, and another one, and another one. But you got to keep it clean. You got to take care of your soul. You got to keep your uh, soul clean. Well, we look at the verse. Uh, it says, okay, so therefore, first of all, and uh, the original language speaks of, first of all, you put away all the filthiness and all the rampant wickedness. Do that before you receive the word. Because if you, if you don't do that, you're not going to be able to receive the word. Receive with meekness. Humility. You need to receive the word with meekness. And this is all about the Lordship of Christ. This is all about submitting to Him. Saying, Lord, you're calling the shots in my life. And I'm trusting in you. So you receive that word and you have to be humble. You know, so many so many people don't have a close relationship with God because they think they've got life taken care of, they know what to do. And oh, that's Satan's lie. You need Jesus. You need to receive His Word with meekness. The implanted Word. Did you know that when you became a Christ follower, God's Word was implanted on your heart? Did you know that? That's cool, isn't it? You know, I've got this Word, but then it's inside me as well. And therefore, when I'm seeking to glorify God, when I'm asking, you know, he uses that word to teach me and regenerate me, which is able to save your souls. What's he talking about there? Well, there's three stages of salvation, right? Justification, forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. Then there's glorification. That's when we're perfect in heaven. And then there's sanctification. Now there is the heavy lifting. <laughs> From day to day, walking with Jesus, depending on His power, but continuing to grow, continuing to persevere. That's the implanted word. That's something to be so thankful for. We just need to be teachable. Don't you love teachable people? And when I go up to somebody or something comes up to me, I try to be teachable. But it's so refreshing when somebody, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. That's how you need to be. Uh, with God. Uh, let's go to James one twenty two. But be doers of the word and not hearers deceiving yourselves. Okay? Be doers 
and not just hear the word. Uh, I'm going to have this side of the auditorium uh, say, know the word, and then you guys are going to say, do the word. Okay? One, two, three. Know the word. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. And every time I point at you, I want you to go. Oh, you guys, come on, fire it up. where a lot of Christ followers are stuck. <laughs> oh, man, they got so much information, uh, experts on the Bible, but not, they're not doing anything about it. And you got to what? That's right. You've got to do the Word. You've got to put it in uh, to action. Uh, the word for uh, hearers, we get the word audit from, the root word, audit. How many audited a class before? Yeah, it's great to audit in the class, right? No, you're sitting in the back, you know. Hey, man, I don't have to do any reading. I don't really have to pay attention today if I really don't want to. I could skip class if I wanted to. I don't have to take any tests. I'm just going to listen to whatever is interesting to me. Well, friends, a lot of Christians audit the Bible, or parts of the Bible. They'll focus on those things, yeah, that, 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 that sounds good, but, you know, when you start to push against my sinful spot, I, I don't want that. So I, I'm just going to audit. I'm going to hear that, but not do anything about it. And we don't realize how much we are into self-deception. I mean, you might think, hey, this doesn't apply to me, but it does. We just get this way of thinking that we're good Christians and we're doing what we should and, and really we've got a lot of wax in our ears and, and we're not listening and we're auditing the Christian life. You can't audit the Christian life, right? you got to... Oh, come on. Is that a cemetery over here? got to be on your feet. Ready? And then... There you go. I might do that any time, so just be watching. Good. All right. Uh, one thing about lordship is that uh, many Christians view certain things in the Bible as uh, obligations and other things as options. Well, if you want to be super spiritual, you'll take the optional package. No! <laughs> it's all about you. It's all about you committing your life. Uh, to Jesus Christ. That's how we need to approach the Word. Uh, James one twenty three. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, here we see an analogy, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. How many look at yourself in the mirror quite a bit during the day? <laughs> Probably women more than men. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, you want to see if everything's okay. And I was talking to Andy Suarez, uh, who fell 
playing with the children, hit, hit a curb, and he had this huge black eye, and he had this thing on his face, and he comes up to people, and they're acting strangely <laughs> as they see this guy <laughs> who's got, you know, the bruises and everything, and he forgets about it. Well, that's many times how we can operate. Now, we don't realize how far we're off where God wants us to be. So, he looks at a mirror. Now, back in that day, they had, uh, glass wasn't invented until the 13th century. So, they had bronze and copper and silver and gold mirrors. And just little hand mirrors, not very big and not very clear either. It's kind of like, you know, one of the bathrooms uh, <laughs> travel stuff. Possible to destroy. So, uh, so again, you have to get it just at the right angle. So let's say somebody's looking at it, and they see that their hair looks like a garden. Their hair looks like a garden. I mean, it's just totally out of place. Forgot to do whatever I was supposed to do with my hair. And they look at it, and then they leave, and they don't do anything about it. Oh, isn't that stupid? Right? But if you check a mirror, you're going to correct it because you want to look good. You want people to say, good-looking person. If you've got toothpaste on your mouth or your hair is a garden, they're not going to be saying that, right? So he looks away at himself and goes away and once forgets what he was like. Go to verse 24. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Again, for a person with wax in their ears, a person who's, uh, uh, you know, just thinking about different sinful things and sometimes engaging in them, uh, that's what's going to happen. They're going to look in the mirror and they're going to see nothing. Like a 2006 medical study shows how difficult it is uh, to change behaviors in your life. Uh, they studied 600,000 people who had bypassed surgery. And the doctor said, basically, you need to diet, you need uh, to uh, stop drinking alcohol, stop smoking, or in two years, you know, you're going to be dead. Now, bottom line, he said change or die, Right? Change or die. What percentage of people did not change? 90%. 90%. You've been given a death sentence, but it's so ingrained in you, the habits, uh, the ways you eat, uh, whatever, that you'd rather choose death over life. Wow. That's something else. And that just illustrates how hard it is to deal with sin in our lives. We, we don't rid ourselves of sin by uh, just sheer willpower. No, that will never work. We need the power of Jesus Christ to do that. So when you look into the mirror, it says in verse 125, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty. Don't you love that? The law of liberty. When people think of law, they, think they feel of constraints and things of that nature. But hey, if you follow this law, if you've been saved, uh, following the law doesn't save you. But if you follow 
God's instructions in Scripture, you're going to have more freedom in your life than you imagine. And persevere, so we're still persevering in sanctification, the process of sanctification, being uh, no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. He will be blessed in his doing. What does that mean? Uh, it's the idea of somebody stooping down like they did at the at the resurrection and looking in and intently studying something, taking a lot of time to to understand it. And then, what do they do? They they got to go together, right? Now, it says, he will be blessed in his doing. How many want to have a blessed life? Blessed means happy. You want to have a good life. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with wanting a good life. The attitudes are all happy if you do this, happy if you do this. Again, as we know, Jesus Christ has a different way of uh, describing joy. But but the, the bottom line is, is that if you are Then you are going to be blessed. Don't you want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. Don't you want your kids to be blessed? I I think that every dad, mom should should really work on this, because your responsibility is to disciple your kids, right? And if I went up to your child and I said, "What's the most important thing that your dad or mom is teaching you right now?" Wouldn't it be cool if they said, they're teaching me to walk with Christ? That is the number one priority, reflected in the time and energy and, you know, I, you know <laughs> my boys are a little older and it's, it's just so important, so important that your top priority should be to disciple your children. I have some devotionals uh, at the end of the uh, message notes. Uh, for elementary kids and teens and also for adults. But spend that time alone with God, brushing your soul, <laughs> right? Yeah. Clearing out the wax in order to experience the kind of life that he wants you to experience. But, but it's so important you be in community because there's a lot of people who checked out of church for whatever reason, and... Uh, they can be brought into self-deception much quicker because they don't have anybody around to give feedback. But if you're part of a, a church, a service, ministry, small groups, you're going to hear how other people are just like you. And you're going to come to grips with the sin. If you're just sitting over there listening to podcasts somewhere in your house, <laughs> it's not going to happen the way it should be because the community is what's so critical uh, to learning. James 1.26, if anyone thinks he is religious, now religious usually is kind of used in a negative way, like the Pharisees, but here it's used in a positive way. And do does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. James says, Jesus Christ needs to flow out of you. And if Jesus Christ is not flowing out of you for a long time, you better revisit where you're at uh, with God. 
And one more practical thing in the tongue, right? We'll talk about that in chapter 3. James 1.27, religious that is pure and undefiled before God the Father to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. So if you want to love God, you're going to visit orphans and widows. It's an illustration of compassion. There was no safety net back in those days. If your husband died or your parents died, you were just kind of out there. People would come along and sell you into prostitution, sell you into slavery, and those kind of things. So we have to minister to people. If you truly hear the word, you're going to follow with doing the word by reaching out to people in compassion. And there's another thing. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. Every day we walk through this life, uh, we get stains on us different influences on us and might have a sinful thought or sinful habit or just all the junk the world uh, is throwing at us. Now, but we're to try through God's power to clean our stains, right? It doesn't talk about salvation at all. He's talking about true religion. It's interesting, this, this verse is the only verse in the Scripture that really spells out True religion as God sees it. It's a very important verse uh, to know. How many remember uh, the fridge? Fridge right. Perry, here's a picture of him. Now, he was a big boy, and he, he was a real character. But he didn't, he was so scared of going to the dentist. Many of you have heard this. And so he didn't go to the dentist for 20 years. This is what we see here. <laughs> he was, I mean, he didn't go to the dentist. He's having gum infections, a lot of pain. And, and, and so he would actually pull some of his teeth out. Okay? And that's how bad it was. I mean, it's like worst case scenario. What happened was is he finally went to a dentist, and they had to replace all his teeth, implants with the screws, $60,000, but they did it for free for the publicity. <laughs> that just blows our mind, right? Where somebody would be so afraid of going to the dentist that they would just let their gums and teeth rot away. You know, it's the same thing with us. We're afraid to submit to God. We're afraid to take that step of faith. We're afraid to devote more time to knowing His Word because we think it's going to mess up our lives. And along the way, we experience all kinds of pain that we didn't need to experience because we didn't follow God's commands. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. <laughs> what a great passage. Lord, I just pray for myself personally that I would not just know the Word, but that I would do the Word. I pray you just continue to point out things in my life that I might be justifying, rationalizing. Uh, let me just bring it to you so I can have freedom. I also pray for all my friends here, the same thing. They get the wax out of their ears. 
take care of their teeth, <laughs> you know, so that they can actually hear you when you speak. It's hard, really. It's hard. But with your power and with the help of friends, we can overcome any sinful pattern in our lives.